Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hoogstown for Anthony Modest. Royce. Not a bad idea. Hey, welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver, and we've got a very special guest joining us today, Manuel Veth from Transfermarkt, Gig Impressive, literally everything else <laughs> that you do. Uh, so, I mean, just right off the bat, Carver, I'll ask you how you're doing in a second, but uh, Manu, thanks for joining us. I mm-hmm. uh, really appreciate you having uh, coming on this episode with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, I, I forgot to take down the buy-in stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was... I literally just came off uh, the gig pressing recording uh, with my colleague Stefan, and we did our team of the season. And I guess, uh, I guess, I'm kind of revealing was was going to be featured in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for uh, I don't know if we're going to put this video out. We may or may not, but uh, we'll just we'll just keep it the mystery alive for any any yeah. listeners on the the podcast right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, obviously, exciting episode. I mean, we're going to have some commiserations. We all know mm-hmm. how the season ended. It's been a bit since we talked because I missed the last episode that Carver did. Um, so it's been a, been a little bit. We've had some time to decompress a little bit and, and look ahead, which is what we're going to do in this episode. While we also look back, reflect with our uh, end of the year review of the season. And then, of course, we're going to get into the juicy stuff with transfers. So we'll get into <laughs> that. But Carver, I'll let you introduce the like season review and, and get that stuff started. Yeah, so we put out a survey a few weeks ago. I mentioned it on our last episode, just wanted to get some of everyone's thoughts on the season. So of Borussia Dortmund, a lot to talk about, good and bad. So I was just interested to hear uh, everyone's thoughts on the season. Um, Manu, I know uh, I watched a handful of the episodes recently of you talking about Dortmund and just in the the unfortunate situation we had against Mainz. Mm. Uh, for this for the uh, end of the season but did you have any thoughts these past few weeks kind of you know mellowing over with the with the season and just kind of decompressing so far any initial thoughts yeah i mean um it's such a brutal way to to end in season right um and then of course for me I, I covered the final match day from here, from uh, Vancouver Island, and then I went um, over to Germany because, I, like every year, um, I spent the last couple of weeks. Um, of the, usually, I do the final match day over there as well. Um, I didn't this year because of the way uh, it lined up; it just didn't quite work. But um, I, I was over there in Germany, of course, for the the relegation playoffs in the, the German Cup final, uh, which I covered all on location. Um, and because of that, it's <laughs> you you shift gears so quickly um, from going to oh the season is over and somehow Dortmund messed this up to oh now it's uh, let's see if Hamburg how Hamburg are going to mess it up and let's see who's <laughs> going to win the German Cup and um, you know and um, following those other storylines and then of course um, you know. Both Stefan and I work for Transfermarkt um, on top of doing the gegenpressing project. And um, so for us, this time of the year is 
is very busy to begin with because of the of all the transfers and dealings and so on. So I have to be quite honest, I moved on really quickly. Um, and that is despite, you know, I, I'm a neutral when it comes to the Bundesliga. My team doesn't play in the first division. My team plays in the third division of German football. But um, I thought the title race was, until the very last minute, fascinating, right? And um, although Dortmund threw it away, I think it was it was a very it's going to go down as a very memorable season. Um, as for Dortmund themselves, I think there's going to be a lot of soul searching for them uh, in terms of what do you take away from something like this? You finish the season even on points, and you still don't manage to win the title. And you know, I, I see this on Twitter all the time. There's this revisionist history that it, it comes down to money and all that. And, um, you know, money didn't throw away uh, that result against Mainz. Um, at the end of the day, yes, Bayern will win 60 to 70% of all Bundesliga titles because of their financial might. But, you know, in that time span, Dortmund should have won uh, a few titles. And I think at some point you have to rather than always deflecting your blame onto Bayern Munich, um, you have to kind of look at yourself and wonder why is it that in when we when this team had a chance, they didn't manage to get it across the line. Because this is the second time in recent years this has happened, right? Um, and I think this is going to be a very interesting thing here that that people will, will people in Dortmund and you have to look into. Um, so that's kind of my reflection. And I am of course, you know, um the moment I had some time to think about it, they sell Bellingham to Real Madrid for um a truckload of money. And yeah, I, I guess them too um will have to still do some reflection. It takes time to lose if you lose in traumatic fashion like they did. I think it takes quite a lot of time to actually work through what feels like um, almost a traumatic, traumatic, the dramatic experience, not dramatic, traumatic too, but dramatic experience, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I guess I'm still kind of there in, in the what happened there moment, uh, kind of reflection period. Yeah, I would definitely argue it was a traumatic experience for a lot of the supporters <laughs> base, and I like, yeah. I like to, I like to think that the majority of the supporters base uh, doesn't parrot that kind of attitude that you mentioned that uh, Vatska has as, you know, mm. just kind of throwing the white flag even before the season started. I forgot what the cute quote was, not even like a few weeks ago of just saying like, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with Bayern next season already, and and anytime yeah, we get those opportunities, um, just kind of immediately, like you said, deflecting the blame because. We, yeah, we've had the opportunities. It, it wasn't, and I've said it plenty of times, I don't think the season was lost, or the, the title was not lost against Mainz. It was lost against games like Stuttgart. It was lost against games like Schalke, Bremen mm-hmm. in, the, in the first half of the season. So um, it, the, there's plenty of blame to go around, but it, it, it definitely, most of it stays within the club. I don't think you can really uh, fault Bayern too much. And despite the insane heartbreak, uh, with with the title, of course, and and mm-hmm. being knocked out of both competitions, uh, Pokal relatively early again this time, and mm-hmm. really uh, just disappointing fashion to Leipzig. A lot of the fans that put our uh, that entered our survey, actually, the first question was, "How do you feel about Dortmund's 2022-2023 Bundesliga campaign?" And it was pretty split here between a seven and eight out of ten, mostly leaning mm-hmm. towards the eight. And I think that really kind of points to 
which we mentioned again a few weeks back, the foundation that has been laid in this in this past season. I think that we, there's been a slight culture shift with Carroll coming in uh, with our strategy in the market, not necessarily wanting to be a springboard for young players. Of course, we still are investing in youth, mm. but we are putting more emphasis on the veterans, the proven winners. Uh, the list goes on. There's, there's, you know, you're gonna, there's a handful of figures you could point to in this squad, and that is something we can definitely build upon next year. You mentioned in your show about a month ago or so, if I'm not wrong, it's saying, you know, if we had Hilaire in the first half of the mm-hmm. season, that the title race would have been over potentially even before, uh, you know, April or something like that. Cause yeah. he was, he was just absolutely lighting teams up and, and it was night and day with how our attack looked compared to having him mm-hmm. and not having him in the squad. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, uh, Sebastian Hilaire's, um, return to Dortmund and the squad, um, Changed the, the 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 way Terzic's side played tremendously. Um, you could tell that there was a plan in place when they signed him, right? And what the team was supposed to look like when they signed him. And of course, um, they tried to compensate that by signing Anthony Modest from uh, Cologne or SF to Cologne. Um, and you know, it pr- quickly became apparent that that wasn't going to do it. Um, he just didn't have the the quality, and I think that kind of closed all of our eyes um, towards what they were trying to do with with signing Haller as well. Um, because we saw the formation, we saw the players that were there, and we we we. I think a lot of people forgot the qualities that Haller had when he was with Frankfurt, right? And then of course with Ajax, <laughs> and. I think the plan very much became obvious when Sebastian Haller returned. And you have to remember too, when he did, when he did come back, he came back a lot quicker than many of us expected. And when he literally did, all of us expected. Any, anyone expected. I think, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a walking medical miracle. Um, it, it, it is, it is incredible. You know, that entire story is incredible. But it did take a good what ten match days until he 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 was getting his legs by playing football. Mm-hmm. There was no preseason, there was no conditioning training. Um, anyone who's had chemotherapy to fight cancer will tell you what that does to your body. Um, you know, it is a huge impact that takes a lot off out of you. He was playing professional football within what six seven weeks of his final session of chemotherapy yeah, and two operations, um, two, two surgeries were required. Um, I think for, for him to have any impact, um, was insane. And then to have the sort of impact that he had towards the end of the season, when by his own admission, he wasn't at a hundred percent is, is something that I, you know, it will give you some idea of what it will look like next year when he had a, when he has a full preseason under his belt, when he has the ability to to train uh, and work and actually, you know, what recover from what he what he what he experienced because that takes a lot of out of you. I've never gone through anything like that, and I don't wish that on my worst enemies. I think it's going through cancer is horrendous, um, and. He's done it with flying colors and almost guided his team to a Bundesliga title. And that is an incredible story. It really is. And uh, having that 
you know, and just him being a record signing too last year and having mm. that ripped out of your squad before the season even starts. I mean, Dortmund had a lot of massive turn of events to adjust to in the fall. I mean, they had to change his yep. style to play with Modest. Obviously, he's a, he's a different player. Um, and then whenever he didn't work out, you had to try to integrate Mukoko as a permanent first team player. Of, of course, you know, he had mm. minutes before past season, but now he's truly in that senior squad. So, you know, trying to get him up to speed with things and, and, had the attack revolve around either of those two was very challenging. Adeyemi yep. had injuries to deal with, and then his adjustment period to a whole new country, whole new league as well. Dahoud uh, had unfortunate another situation with his shoulder. So again, a lot of learning curves for Terzic in this first full mm-hmm. season. And I mean, he was able to galvanize that squad in the winter break and just pull out again, the biggest winning streak in Dortmund history. Um, and you got to give him props for that. It's, it's, it's not, by any chance luck for any sort of thing like that for a, such a massive winning streak. The second question here was, how do you feel Terzic did this season overall? And again here, split between 7 and 8 out of 10. And then mm-hmm. right below that, actually a lot of people said 9 out of 10 as well, which was, uh, hmm. it's encouraging to see how many people still back this manager, including myself. I'm not, I'm not excluding myself there. But again, you could see the foundation and the project is there. Yeah. I think we've been quite critical of Eden Terzic at the start of the season and you could tell that he's grown into his role um, when you believe the reports that have come out of, of Dortmund in that regard it's he grew into the role because he he gave away some of his tasks right um, during the winter break um, and to to do focus on the things that he's good at Um I think you get the sense that if someone wins the title with Dortmund, it will be him, right? Um, so, yeah. Although I do think that I want to see a little bit more um, when it comes to playing against teams like Bremen, Stuttgart, Mainz, um, where the title was lost, as you mm-hmm. rightfully point out. It wasn't just the Mainz result. Um, at that stage, the title race should have been long over. But, you know... Um, you do feel that if Dortmund do win a Bundesliga title, it'll probably be soon and it'll probably be with Eden Terzic. Yeah, it has been a lot of improvement and, and you know, a mm. bunch of different aspects of, of the game as well. I think one of the biggest things that Terzic struggled with in the first half of the season was just his game management, uh, slipping away uh, games mm. at the end. And it, and it kind of popped up here and there towards the end of the season as well. Um of just, again, the game against Bremen and, and conceding three goals in six, seven minutes, if I'm not wrong. Uh, that just shouldn't simply happen, especially at home. Yeah. And uh, I think he did definitely improve on that fact. And of course, it it helps having a you know more of a healthy squad, but he is learning. Um, and like I said before, he learns from a lot of these kind of mistakes and, and he lives and breathes the club. So he's not going to you know try to shrug them under the rug. He, he wants mm-hmm. to address those things and, and get better. Yeah. No, I'm, it, it makes me happy seeing, I guess, those positive numbers, uh, people thinking highly of Terzic still, because I think you can look back to the first half of the season um, and be disappointed and see this, mm. the struggles. But obviously, there was the incredible 2023, because, I mean, he kind of won me over with that season. I think we were asking a lot, uh, first half of the season, like, is he the guy? Is he? Does he have the right tactics or the 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 smarts to be able to get through this and have a successful season. If you look at the second half of the season success, like I, I see success from that. Obviously there's still uh, places to grow and he's still young and still learning, but it's just like a positive sign. I think we probably talked toward this, the end of the season with a couple games left Carver that 
like I hope he sticks around next year. Like I hope they stick with him and mm-hmm. back him. I think we might have even said that earlier too, because it's like let him build this project. Like give him the time to uh, building like grow this team and, and kind of develop together. Like develop as a coach and develop the team. Like as you're moving, just like a, a project. Like let him have this project. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that people are like excited from those numbers too and excited for what he could do next season. Yeah, one thing that people did not have love for, the uh, next question was the biggest disappointment. And oh. I'm, I'm going to let you guys guess because I feel like it's relatively obvious. Do you guys have any uh, guesses who the biggest disappointment was? Niklas Süle? Uh, maybe Gio Reyna. I don't know. Oh, oh Gio? Both Gio. of you are incorrect, actually. It was Modest. Oh, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, I, I, I yeah. always forget he's still there. <laughs> 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 I know. It's funny because we were just talking about that, but I myself even forgot he was on the squad just because mm. I don't think we saw him at all the second half of the season. But yeah, Modest was the biggest disappointment. Can we just pause here for a second and dwell on the fact that Anthony Modest almost became a Bundesliga title holder? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> just let that sink in for a moment here and then continue <laughs> scored an equalizer think, against the champs too at home that was is, the first time we tied Bayern at home in a few years I know we haven't beaten Bayern anywhere in the last mm. few years but I mean to get a result at home in that fashion that was was that worth the four or five mil that we paid for him I don't know it was more than I that mean, a six yeah. million euro salary and <laughs> yeah. salary. Woo. it is telling that we just both completely forgot about him altogether when we were making our guesses but yeah oh. we have a lot of dead weight in, in terms of salary to offload hopefully this mm. summer but definitely in the next year hopefully at most i i also forgot modest salary and you think about him so many players that are just not playing i mean Mounier is is making a ridiculous amount schultz is the same way and all three of them don't have a a sniff yeah. of anywhere in the squad so that is really uh concerning and definitely you know if we want to go and try to spend money this summer to you know fill in some of these holes um s- kind of a close second for biggest disappointment everyone else is kind of spread across the board is oz chan uh which is who would have thought we would have been here at the end of the season saying this jake given how you and i mm. were um s- just so impressed with him and everyone else was so impressed with how he started this first season um, at Dortmund with just, you know, his simple and smart passing. And he was, he was very calm and collected on the ball. He was a good ball winner, but I don't know what happened with the confidence, but uh, just didn't look like himself really the, the past few months and was overall. Yeah. I don't, Do you, I don't want I don't know if disappointing is that still the word just given because how much of a bargain we got him for, but hmm. uh, still. Do you think more of that was Chan coming into form and just, like ha- having that starting spot week after week. And that, I mean, that that could lead to like his, his dip in confidence and that's going to affect your plan and everything. But I think it was at this, like looking back now, like I almost feel like Chan coming into form just kind of bumped him out and then he kind of didn't have a, a shot to get back in. Could you make the argument too that Emil Shan maybe never comes into form if Dortmund don't sign Özkan? Flip that on its head. It's a good question. Right, because like... <laughs> They sign a replacement for, or someone who can actually play the Emre Can role, and all of all of a sudden, Emre Can plays like he's the reincarnation of Matthias Sommer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's also <laughs> not just as. I mean, quality. this has been Emre Can's best season since he's joined Dortmund. Mm-hmm. He's now a German national team player again. He's like undisputed leader on this team. He even behaves himself sometimes on the field. 
I was just about to say, it's not only his <laughs> quality on the ball, but his just mentality is completely yeah. shifted as well. And, and he really has became a leader in the squad. I can't remember if he ever, I don't think he started any games as captain this year, but he might've had the armband towards the end of a few uh, matches, <laughs> but yeah, what a turnaround he's had. And again, it's a good problem to have, have those players try to compete for that spot and get the best out of each other. Yeah, I think that's what Emil Shah needed. He needed someone who could threaten his future at the club. Um, I think Erzgan just needs time. Um, and he'll get it. He has the same agent as his head coach. I, I'm pretty sure there is a mutual interest of making this work. Yeah. Yeah, he is pretty young. Jake, do you have any thoughts? Uh, no, just on like, there's a time thing and like, there's nothing wrong with competition. Like that's what you want in a club. Mm -hmm. That's how you're successful. That's as you were asking, like, yeah, maybe that's why Chan was performing. Uh, mm -hmm. so it's better to have that competition. It's better to have two guys who, who could be starters, um, to just keep pushing themselves. So like that, that's just good signs for next year. If Chan starts to dip, then oh, Chan comes in and, and maybe steps it up. Yeah. Like that's just what you need. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm in no way am I like get him out of here, get someone else in. Like, <laughs> uh, I should probably state, I guess, before we go to the next one, this section is for the accolades for the season. Uh, so now we're moving on to most valuable player, and mm. it was almost a two-way tie, a lot closer than I anticipated. Um, but we have Bellingham coming in first, and then a, a little bit behind him is Koble. Hmm. Which I'm not. I'm not knacking Koble by any means, but. I just, I feel like it would have been almost, I don't want to say no brainer for Jude, but just, you know, given how consistently great he was all season and improved in so many different things. I mean, there was a s small time where people were saying, you know, he couldn't score. He should, he should be scoring more goals in the league. Who said that? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I know, some, yeah. some podcast, I don't remember yeah, who, yeah. but. <laughs> and uh he, he's been scoring so oh, no i i like the gregor kobel shout um mm -hmm. maybe because i'm a former goalkeeper myself but <laughs> i i actually just made this point um you know i literally come off the game pressing team of the week uh team of the year recording uh onto your guys's show and um i mean i'm not making I assume these shows come out simultaneously, so um, I can reveal that <laughs> both Stefan and I pick Kobel as our keeper of the season. And I made this point that I think Dortmund beat Chelsea with Kobel in, in goal um, because he's been above and beyond the best goalkeeper in the Bundesliga last year. And um, for many years, Dortmund have been lacking a goalkeeper that can make a difference. You know, you need a goalkeeper who can get you 11, 12 points a season. And he, he that's what he is. And I actually think that if Kobel uh, doesn't miss time with injuries, Dortmund would have won the title. Um, you know, because they, how many games was it in the end that he missed? Um, looked up a lot. I like looking up the statistic right now real quick. Um, you know. Let's see if I can beat you to it. Let's see who's fast, whose internet is faster. <laughs> Probably uh, Canada. Yeah, yeah, mine is loaded. Uh, it's almost loaded, I should say. Seven so he games? Se seven games, yeah. And he had 11 clean sheets, conceded 32 goals, right? Um, he, he missed quite a few games in, in the Champions League as well. Mm. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, he he doesn't miss those those seven games 
that is it. Um, Dortmund win the title. Um, and that's just how it goes sometimes, right? Um, but like for me, super impactful. Um, great with his feet. And I mean, just to give you a, a little bit of a, a look here, right? Um, he missed three games um, with a muscle injury in, in the first half of the season. Uh, Dortmund lost two of them. Then he's missed right out of the World Cup break. He misses another three games. Dortmund dropped two points against Schalke. Remember that? Mm. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that's it. So they dropped two, five, eight points. No, and then there's another one, uh, the 2-2 draw against Bayern in the first half as well. So that's another two points. So they dropped 10 points when Kubel was out. I, I was wondering I would if you were going to mention the... Yeah. That's the title right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking, I got a Vietnam flashback to the 2-2 draw against Bayern and Sané's shot against Meyer. And I, I'm not trying to have a go at Meyer because you know, he's never mm. played in the Bundesliga oh, well, he, before he is, this he is. He's a backup yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you, you just we lack that quality in, in a lot more games than we would have hoped, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people are have, have from what I've seen, definitely concerned just for uh, you know Kobo going forward. In necessarily the case of just him being healthy, um, I wonder if he is you know slightly more injury prone. Hopefully, this was just a freak season. But either way, yeah, what a, what an absolute monster in net. I don't think any of us knew the just the quality keeper he was going to become in just such a short time too when we mm. got him just two years ago. I mean this is his second season still, which is which is wild. And he yeah, rightfully so, I think he is also the best keeper in the league. Oh yeah, without a doubt. There's no one comes close. Uh next one we have most under oh excuse me. Most improved player. I skipped one. And we have a few shouts here. Also interesting with the results coming at first with Malin. With 36% of the votes, and then 29% right below him is Chan. And then only 13% said Brandt. And I think that was, one Mm. of them was me, if I'm not wrong. (laughs) Um, It's not a terrible take. (laughs) All three of them have dramatically improved, but I guess I was just thinking, of course, Malin is a whole new player. But I guess just since it took so long, I mean, Jake yeah. and I were, you, him and I were super hype against in the Pokal match against 1860 Munich and, and Malin just lighting that them up. Never and like, happened. Never <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> we, we thought he finally arrived and, and he went right back into the player he was for that first half of the season. And then, of mm. course, he came out in the, the winter, a completely new player. But it, it was just, in my opinion, I was thinking over the course of the whole season, uh, Brent continued to just prove pretty much everyone wrong except Jake and I were the original Brant boys from our first episode. Uh, I mean, pretty much any aspect of his game, you could look at it. Brant has dramatically improved, whether it's, you know, on the ball, his aggression, his tracking back ability. Um, he's, I think he's number one, but either way, um, Hmm. Malin and Chan Malin being first, do you guys have any thoughts on those two? Yeah. I think when you, when you look at the like full season, Brant seems like the obvious choice, but I think this season is so skewed. And so split first and a half, like people almost just forget or want to forget about the first half. So you you see the impact that Malin had in the second half and like it's it's way more fresh. So you're like Malin done. He like the numbers Mm. he was banging and everything. And as he was coming in, that's when you kind of saw not the Brant fall up or fall out, but it was he or dip in form, I guess. But it was because he was actually injured and out for a few weeks right when Malin was stepping up so that I could see why people 
just saw that as as far as like freshness and what happened most recently. But I still say Brant. But <laughs> mm. yeah, I watched um, Marlins. Um, I watched the 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 Croatia Netherlands game yesterday, and Marlin was one of the few Dutch players who actually had a really good game. Um, scored a scored a goal too. Um, mm-hmm. He looks like a completely transformed transformed player, right? Um, nine goals and seven assists um, over the course of the season. I want to see that number go up. I, I think it's kind of interesting that not a single Dortmund player managed to get double-digit goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we have three players on nine. Uh, Julian Brandt, nine goals and eight assists. So um, ahead in the scoring category of Marlin. Um, you, you know, you can make a good argument for both. Really, yeah. um, Brandt is finally looking like the player a lot of Germans always wanted him to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but Daniel Marlin came in for a lot of money, and um, you know the expectations weren't met at all in his first season to an extent that they wanted to sell him. And um, yeah, it's really nice seeing his potentially finally met. Yeah, those people were us, by the way. <laughs> I don't want to speak for Jake, but... Um, oh, bad takes exposed. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, had, we had some DMs back and forth in the winter, goofing on mm. Malin, him and I. Jake's getting a little red. Um, yeah, I'll cop it. It's yeah, happened man. so many times on this uh, podcast. Oh, man, no, it's okay. We're, 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 we're in this industry for bad takes. This is, this is how it works. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say for Malin, excuse me, all of nine, all of his nine Bundesliga goals came in the second half of the season. I think also only one assist mm. came in the first half of the season. So, I mean, if you would have just been at half of that trajectory in the in the first half, we could have been looking at potentially another season of Sancho, where you had double figures and and goal contributions. You know, yeah, both con- goal contributions. I mean, he has to preserve that and carry it to next year. I mean, like the entire second half of Borussia Dortmund was just tremendous. Um, mm-hmm. You know, writing, wrote an article about this. I think they finished something incredible, like eight points ahead of Bayern Munich. Uh, sorry, actually RB Leipzig in the second half of the season, right? Yeah. Um, um, what was it? I think 45 points in 17 games. Um, so... You know, the title wasn't really lost. It was lost against mine. So let's don't kid ourselves. But, you know, when you look at the full full season, the first half of the season was was definitely um, lying on there, lying on them heavily um, in terms of what they had to overcome. Um, and almost did. And almost did. Because Bayern were like five points ahead of second place going into the break. And eight points ahead of Dortmund, so mm-hmm. they made up an eight-point gap in the end. Um, and it, it, you know, it could have been nine, which would have been the title. But um, this is what it is. But you know, uh, Marlin is definitely one of the big reasons. Um, his his form in the second half of the season is a big reason why um, Dortmund were so much improved. And you know, there's a lot of. Th- a lot of things that when you look at the squad and the way they played in the second half, uh, and you look at this rather short summer break, right? We're coming back December 12th with the Super Cup and then the, the weekend after the Bundesliga starts, um, which is December 17th, I believe was, uh, sorry, 16th because it's the Friday. You really have, you're hopeful that in the two months you can, you can sort of preserve that form, um, package it up and then carry it into next year. 
and um, you know, with everything that's going on at Bayern Munich, which is a book in itself, um, mm-hmm. you do feel that you you probably feel that you could you could you could maybe snatch it away next year. Yeah, I think it's really good for Malin to get these minutes in, at the international mm. level and continue instilling that confidence in him, and that'll be, you know, I think yeah. it'll be easier for him to get the, hit the ground running next season with him playing football during the summer. Uh, this next one is the most underappreciated player, which is it's scattered all across the place. Now that I'm looking at it, actually, let me take a look. <laughs> um, yeah, just barely coming at first was Rierson, which is a good hmm. shout. Of course, another player at a bargain from the transfer winter transfer window. Uh, I mean, he's completely blown Jake and I both away with just, I mean, his uh, he's been like easily our best fullback now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, of course, other fullbacks in this team have provided a lot of great moments, but they've been in the attack as wingbacks. But Rearson is, is a uh, real quality when it comes to just being a, you know, that true grit in defense, uh, especially out on the wings. Yeah. And what a what a good player to pick up, right? For a very low price. I want to say it was under eight, if Three, I'm not wrong. Five million euros. Ah, I was gonna guess six or seven. Oh, five point five million dollars if you're so much inclined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh tremendous second half of the season for him, especially too. We threw him right in at at the mm. beginning of the second half of the season, as well as on the left as well. So we're, you know relying on him to uh, use his weak foot, which he did very, very well as well. I mean, I, I was very impressed with how well he could use his weak foot um, and just play down that left-hand side in general. So obviously very versatile. Um, he's, he's young as well, so got him for a bargain. I think it's a really good shout for most underappreciated for sure. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's harder to find a, a different one unless you want to maybe put Emre Shan in there. Yep, some people um, said Shan. Uh, some people said Reina, Hummels. Wolf was number two, funny enough. That's, Hummels is a good shout. Yeah. So is, so is Wolf, Marius Wolf. Uh, which my my underappreciated would be Guerrero, just because I didn't appreciate him, and I still don't really appreciate him, especially now. And Maybe we're not <laughs> talking about him at all anymore, so I'm, I'm vindicated. So you're flipping um, it as an insult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, if you look at his stats and all his assists... I was definitely underappreciating him, but still, I have my reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dortmund only have themselves to blame for the fact that he's going. Um, there was many years where they tried to sell him, and um, when he did finally hit the jackpot and they made him offer, he said, oh, you can't try, try to keep selling me over and over again. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, an- it's, it's player management. Situation. It's player management. Um, you know, sometimes you have to leave to be appreciated. Yeah, and and there were always people that obviously did appreciate him. I, I was one of them that defended him for a very, very long time, mm. and it just it it sucks that we could never really find a, a hole for. I mean, we did obviously under Tuchel. There were there were slots here of him playing in yeah. midfield, but it, we very rarely uh, looked back at that until just recently, and and it was it was too late, unfortunately. And it, it, I think it, it really also comes back to really uh, sucking that Schultz turned out the way he did because we mm. splashed 30, if I'm not wrong, 30, 33 on him a yeah. few years back. And obviously when he wasn't uh, near the player that we were needing nor wanting at this club, uh, you have really no choice to, to put Rafa back in that back line and just 
doesn't set him up for failure necessarily, but it, it, I think it does in the defensive aspect, which is just, again, unfortunate. Mm. But um, given, I, I mean, I'll still say it on here. I, I still think you just spending the years here at Dortmund, you can't do that going to Munich. It's, I think you, you've made that decision and uh, it's really unfortunate. It's gonna it's gonna be terrible for him when Tuchel gets sucked and des- sacked in December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, all jokes aside, I think that's what that's why he's leaving to go to Bayern. He's, yeah. he's joining Thomas Tuchel, um, which again, you know, it also comes down to man management on Dortmund's side. I, I think this is a Bayern gain and a Dortmund loss that is very much Dortmund self inflicted. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame Bayern whatsoever for this transfer. I, I think a lot of people know that as well. It's not that we're faulting Munich. It's just the fact that Guerrero chose that as the destination whenever. Uh, he did some very shady things with the whole, you know, calling it, he wanted the new challenge. And then um, I heard on mm-hmm. actually on the Ecte Libre podcast that he put on his story after the, uh, when the team of the season was announced, it was just laughing emojis, which is not only, I don't know, kind of disrespectful to some of the players that were on Dortmund that made that team, but also just, um, his himself as well but anyway i guess he he wasn't even part of that question to begin with but uh the next one was best defender which only by one vote hummels won i also voted for him for a best defender as well but mm. just one vote less was schlutterbeck and it and then it was pretty unanimous after that uh car kind of spread across the scale over here <laughs> i was one of the first people that filled it out because obviously i was the one that wrote it so i was like i gotta go and test it myself don't i <laughs> oh man um slim picking yeah <laughs> although hummels is i think this is easily his best year at been since being back at dortmund uh, from coming back in 2019 I remember him talking about picking up tennis last summer to keep his fitness up. And that's, I mean, he was looking in phenomenal shape yeah. for the majority of the season, but really in that first half of the season too, I mean, uh, just looked, you know, a lot more agile. And I, I think that all plays a role obviously in tennis with your, with your footwork and everything. And um, he looked just really sharp mentally too. I think the past few years, there are times where he's kind of turned himself mm. off in, in really crucial moments and uh, whether it's made just like questionable tackles or just questionable passes, but Again, really sharp mentally. He made Holland quiet as a mouse in the uh, in the home fixture, and it's unfortunate that you know we pretty much kept Holland quiet for 178 minutes, barring that that insane goal uh, at City. But yeah, I got to go with Hummels as well for this one. Yeah, no, I mean Hummels is a good shout. Um, I just kind of shocked looking at this backline and how 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 thin it is. Um, in terms of performances this year, right? I mean, I think we expected more from Schlotterbeck. We expected more from from Süle, and uh, I think that's really what I want to see next year too. Um, if this team wants wants to improve significantly, the, the defenders that were brought in for lots of money need to justify the money spent. Yeah, Süle had some uh, some howlers in the first half of the season. I think mm. he's, I think he's really grown into the club well, and also shown to be again a winner. Uh, I think he was one of the very few, if not only player against Mainz that looked like he gave a shit too, which was, hmm. you know, one of the few positives that came out of that game, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but I mean, I, I love having the, you know, the the uh, partnership of the internationals and Sule and Schlotterbeck. I think it's a great investment for, you know, years down the road. And yeah, I've, Jake and I mentioned earlier, like in March, maybe in February, that whenever I think it was Schlotterbeck, they picked up an injury. 
And I was saying, why are why are some people surprised given we have three center backs in this team? And for a lot of the fir- first half of the season, all three of them started too. So it's not surprising whatsoever that one of them has a knock. And yeah. it should have been it should have been invested in more. And I think especially this summer is we got to keep going. Edson Alvarez should not be the only uh, successor in that DM position. I think we I, you know apparently he can play in the back line as well, but I think there should be more investment in that back line and in just the spine of the team. Um, because yeah, I mean, Hummels isn't getting any younger. And if, if one of those two Sule or Schlotterbeck go down again, we're again, relying on a very thin squad. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, we kind of honest, I mean, we're getting into transfer stuff at some point. Right. Um, but I don't actually know if they have been linked to a center back yet. No. No, I've, so, I've been looking at a lot of different sources, including you, reading very closely. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. The neglect for those three. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that is a, probably a position where they do need strengthening. Um, I guess they have to wait for those 103 millions to be deposited in the bank account <laughs> before they do anything else. Um, but it's a really, I just think it's a really interesting point, though, that we were talking about defender of the season, right? And, um, it's much homeless what we're discussing, and yet you know you don't really get the sense that he had a great year, which makes you think, okay, well, defensively there's a lot of fix to fix here overall. No, it, I mean it doesn't. It is. It's like sad in a way, right? Because you you think at the beginning of the season, Schlotterbeck and Sule, that's it. Obviously, they go out mm-hmm. with, with some injuries. Like Schlotterbeck, I think came in real hot. He kept making those big crazy tackles that was like blowing our minds like he always came out of nowhere with the big sliding tackle but you're like he's a tenth of a second away from that being a a yellow card or possibly a red card he always manages to get the tackle but then obviously when he goes down then obviously we have no depth but i mean i said it week after week anytime hummels was in the back line it felt comfortable Mm. um not just from like my perspective like watching the game like the back line looked more solid um, and not just because I liked Hummels or anything, like it just felt more cohesive and solid. Anytime, no matter who he was partnered with, anytime he was in there. And yeah, the fact that <laughs> his his age uh, and like we just signed him on another year extension, but it's like the the fact that you were just struggling to think if we were linked to any center backs is does not bode well. <laughs> so hopefully yeah. they get moving on it. Uh, but yeah, it, and it's great that he he was performing like we could rely on him, but it's not great that we have to rely on him. Yeah, especially with, in my opinion, so many great players on the market right now, some that I think we could get for very, very cheap. I've mentioned a handful of times already this spring, but uh, Bella Kochap from Southampton, I mean, given mm. they're going down, they're going to want to make some money. You have a player who's a, a proven Bundesliga player. He's young. I think you can get him for a, a very nice fee. Um, there's some other players too. I forget how much Soyuncu went for, if not if his contract ran out at Leicester, that's another uh, player that, you know, I thought would be a really good pickup because he hasn't, you know, was not fancied by Brendan Rodgers this past season whatsoever. And even partially of the season previously. Um, and uh, even, you know what, that was also not only the only Leicester player too. I said Castagna too. Um, yeah, just a lot of players that we could and should be linked to in my opinion, but uh, it's, unfortunately we're still just kind of sitting with the same three. Yeah, Robin Koch's contract is um Yeah, Koch, yeah. And he's he's expired because of um Leeds being relegated. 
Mm-hmm. Um, here's an automatic exit clause. Just going on the on Transfermarkt, and um, we have this tool where you can look at the squad for next season, and you can put in uh, players that have been linked to Dortmund, and uh, players that have been linked are Antonio Silva from Benfica, uh, Mary Demiral from Atalanta. I feel like he's been linked with us for four or five years now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ronald Araujo from Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, well, El Shatail Bichiabu from PSG. He's only 18, though, yeah. so I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, and Michael Faye. Um, we do love really... our young PSG center backs, yeah. though. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? Um, and. Um, Uh, who did you just mention? Um, Bella Kotschap. I think yeah. he's being linked to Leipzig. Oh, God, if I'm not of course mistaken. he is. Of course he is. <laughs> um, because they can get him for relatively little. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, sensible, right? Um, and Robin Koch. Um, I suspect that Union Berlin will come in for him. He would definitely be a good player at Berlin. Absolutely. Right. It's a shame um, he didn't work out in Leeds. I think people were, you know, pretty excited think, to see him in the Premier League. I think he kind of did work out. It's just that Leeds didn't work out. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, there's there's more problems there than him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. I'll uh, I'll speed run through these last two accolades because we got a few more here. Um, mm-hmm. We have best midfielder, pretty much unanimous here with Jude Bellingham. Guerrero. Yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had a slight shout for Brandt, but it was pretty much overwhelming. Bellingham. Bellingham, yeah, and it's yeah, no brainer. Uh, the best attacker was split down the middle between two players, and Haller and, and, and Malin. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, makes sense. And then you know what? Now that you mentioned that, uh, only one person voted for Mukoko. Was that you? <laughs> no, I, I didn't vote. <laughs> I. <laughs> I did not vote. <laughs> uh, I think I would have voted for Halea. Yeah. I think I got to do that as well because obviously both of them really only had mm. the second half of the season, didn't they? Yeah. And then, so uh, if I had voted, would that have swayed it? <laughs> <laughs> if you would have went Halea, yeah, I would have, I would have tipped that over to uh, to him. So oh, There you go. I'm the deciding vote right now. <laughs> also, I'm a... Uh, Second year in a row that I did not vote on any of them either. Jesus so Christ, okay. Jake. I'm fine with Manu I'm not taking it. But then you're going to tell everyone the... he didn't take our own so, survey. Jake, but, so, Jake, who's your, who's your pick? Who's your pick? I would go Haller. Okay, so there you go. He wins you it. Easy. <laughs> I just wanted to be the decider in the end. And I was like, I'll leave yeah. it to the listeners, see what they think, and then I'll, the, I'll the come veto, in with my thoughts. Veto, veto power right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, 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 the vice president has like the, the final vote in, uh, in Congress, right? Yeah. Um, no, that's us. We're the vice president. We're making the... <laughs> that's funny. Uh, looking ahead to the next season, should Edin Terzic remain head coach at BVB? We had everyone but two people say yes. I was we watching. Were the two people who said no? It was I us. didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was just you and I, Jake. I did not put a required email responses because I didn't want to out people. <laughs> I considered it, but <laughs> we just bombard him with emails. Like, what? Why? Yeah. What's, yeah. What's going on? Let's publish the emails life. right here, and, and <laughs> everyone can. <laughs> no, that would be no, no, it would not be nice. Yeah. Um, but you know who you are. 
I think it was just they just did it so they would get a little mention here. <laughs> okay. Um congrats. I, I think you would uh you would destroy everything that has been carefully put together if you find Hayden Tazich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At this point. Um there was a point last season when I thought that a change was required. Um but no. He, he's the guy and you gotta give it to him and he's I think he's earned the right this year to run it back yeah just given how much he has improved so many individuals on this team yeah. not only newcomers but ones that look like goners uh, I mean of course there were some players that didn't pan out that way Dahoud being one of them of which I still to this day you know, just speculation, but think there was something, you know, off the field that was going on. But Dehoud was another player under Terzik's first spell a few years back that completely revitalized and made him like the heart of that midfield and, you know, carried us, uh, you know, obviously to the Pokal and, and far in the Champions League as well. Mm. Um, so, I mean, Terzik has done a terrific job in that sense. Um, and, and there's still room to improve with the man management, but I mean, he's gotten a lot of great moments out of a lot of these players. Of course, too, he's improved on a lot of his tactics as well. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, I don't see any reason why we would want to go for someone else at the moment. I don't think there's anyone that would slot in. Hmm. Uh, last two here. What positions would you invest in this summer, which we touched on a little bit already? I put, center back. Yeah, center back that had, um, let's see. 38% of the votes was center back, 47% of the votes was defensive midfielder, mm. and then 80% of the vote was center midfielder, and then 50 for right back and left back. So pretty much all the way across the board except for keeper, winger, and striker. People were so everywhere. to invest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, it's all fair shouts, right? Mm. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's that's coming, right? I mean, Edson Alvarez is the one that's that's been linked the most heavily. Yeah. Um, the latest reporting has been that they want to get done, um, wanted to get um, Bellingham sold first before they moved on Edson Alvarez, and now they have to talk to Ajax. Um, Ajax, of course, um, are hoping that a rival bid is coming in from West Ham to drive up the price. Um, Sven Mislintat being the sporting director now at um, Ajax. Um, He'll probably know Dortmund's finances quite well. Um, the, the separation between Missentat and Dortmund were, wasn't the cleanest either, so we'll have to see how that, what, how much that will play a role, right? But um, I assume that they get Edson Alvarez done. Um, but you know, you you look at the the, the things that were mentioned. Um, all of these positions are kind of vital uh, in terms of who you need to bring in and. It's June fifteenth, and there hasn't really been a lot of movement. No, there hasn't. That I mean, they signed Benzabaini mm-hmm. um, at their preferred uh, supermarket, also known as the Borussia Park. <laughs> um, but other than that, has been very quiet. Yeah, and usually Dortmund are one of these clubs that get their business done and dusted and out of the way very early, so they yeah. can you know relax and try to. Uh, plan for any other small holes they want to plug. But yeah, it has been quiet. As of now, when we're recording, there has not been even an official bid yet uh, for Alvarez, which I, I, may, I imagine maybe, yeah, like you said, Ajax may be waiting for West Ham. Although from what I've read, Alvarez is not considering any other offers personally, except for mm. Dortmund at the moment. So, you know, hopefully that'll 
uh, tip no, that that's towards IX in our trading, favor. Try, that's IX trying to create a market. <laughs> yeah. like, we all know what's happening here. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, that's their job. They have to do it. I don't want to criticize them for it. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you have a player who wants to only go to one location and um, there's very limited bits coming in, then good luck. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be, I mean, I said uh, in the last episode that this is just an incredibly important summer, especially too with mm. uh, the last 24 hours, Jude has been uh, confirmed to leave and go to Madrid. Uh, there's just there's just a lot of business to be done this summer. And and I think usually we're one of the best clubs in Europe at doing this sort of thing in the transfer market and um, doing extremely well with our business. So, mm. you know, it's, it's just important that we get things right, especially with, you know, Terzic being at the wheel here, we need to keep uh, investing in this project and and not just continue to waste it because i mean this season was obviously a, a massively missed opportunity but you don't want to continue doing the same mistakes yeah. over and over yeah no absolutely i actually would think that like maybe it's a little bit slower this year because the title was decided so late um you look at bayern munich and um they haven't done much yet either although yeah. it looks like they're signing um Minjay Kim from Napoli, right? Um, that yep. deal is inching across the line. Um, understand it's around 45 million euros, which, boy, if Dortmund had known that a defender like that is available for 45 million euros, I think they should have jumped on it. Um, yep. But they didn't uh, buy and do it instead, which, of course, also frees up um, a couple of players at Bayern. Um, Benjamin Pavard, right? And uh, Lucas Hernandez going to PSG. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Bayern's definitely got some business to do as well. I mean, oh yeah, I mean they're in just as they're in huge turmoil, right? Because there's a bunch of players that want to leave. Um, this player's unhappy. Um, there's a head coach that um, doesn't know has to do basically two jobs because they fired the sporting director. Um, this, I mean, this is the thing with Dortmund at the moment that there, there seems to be such a huge opportunity to, to you know, Bayern Munich probably need another year to sort mm-hmm. things out. And um, that's that's such a huge opportunity at the moment to maybe you know use the weakness that still exists that might last way well into next season. Um, so yeah, Dortmund need to need to get it right this summer. Yeah, you look. You can look at uh, the defending squad for uh, for Bayern, and, and just it's it is not that convincing, barring you know maybe some individual no. brilliance from Davies I and mean, Delit as well. But I mean, you have a lot of pretty bang average players in here. And of course, Cancelo too is not going to be staying as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, and, and it's not just limited to the defense as well. I mean, of course, they have uh, really no striker whatsoever at the moment, and uh, and I, I haven't heard too much about anything being really heating up between Milani and Bayern. And even then, I think it's not going to solve all their issues in attack. So, uh, and you have players out the door for them as well. So yeah. it's it's yeah, very critical summer, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one we have here is: Would you select who would you select as captain for next season? And interestingly enough, it was also pretty unanimous here. Do you guys want to try to guess at who pretty much everyone said? Marco Reus. Jake, I it would surprise I, you. Well, I I was going to say we talked about this if, maybe a month ago, a few weeks back, and couldn't decide on anything. So I would <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kobol. <laughs> It is Kobol, Jake. It oh, is Kobol, Kobol, which uh, is interesting, right? I mean, 
I don't think it's a bad shout. I just, I, you know, we did say also in that same episode, Jake, that pretty much everyone that could make a good captain probably still need another year or so in, in growing into this team. I mean, I think Schlotterbeck would be a good shout too, but of course he's only spent a year here, Sule. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the same episode where I also said maybe they can convince Bellingham to stay by giving him. The <laughs> that is true. That is very true. We did talk about captaincy. that too. <laughs> I think that they tried that. Yeah. And of course, the I think he would have been one of the highest played players in the league as well. Yeah. I mean, looking at the hierarchy, I guess, like it it would only make sense, right? Like if he would have stayed that, he would be the captain because you, you would see the limited roles with Royce mm. and Hummels most likely. And since he was already the third captain, it would make sense to bump him up. But then does it really make sense as a 19, 20-year-old? I don't know. But yeah. it's like it's easy to like give him that third captaincy, but would you actually make him the fourth captain? I'm not sure. Especially if he was going to leave the year after anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Not that um, none of it matters. It's fine. It didn't happen. <laughs> no, exactly. But it, I mean, it raises a good point, right? Because um, it sounds that, like that Marco Reus wants to hand off the captaincy and just focus on the football um, in his twilight of his career, which then, of course, does back the question, who then is captain? Do you want to give it Emre Can and he uses an excuse to murder two players every year, every day, every game on a pitch? He's like, you know, you just know he's going to become a human wrecking ball at the moment. If it's Guerrero, I won't have a problem with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like that's that's the thing, right? Like, who do you actually give it to? Do you trust Emre Can to do, to not, to not, use that power of the armband to do something stupid or i mean craig or cobell okay um it, it, it's it's a really difficult question at the it end really of the is. day yeah i i don't think there's an i i mean that's why we're here's what so i much, would but, here's what yeah. i would do okay here's what i would do you sign ilkay gundogan <laughs> And you give him the captaincy. Right. That was you and I. I've been watching your Twitter. You and I have been on the same page for the past month or so. I I don't Gotta know do how it. we're not pounding. Do it. If there's a chance, if there's chance that Kundogan is open to coming back, you give him all the money that was earmarked for Bellingham, <laughs> and you bring him home, and you give him the captaincy. Boom. It wouldn't be a long contract either. Unlike no, two years. Who cares? Yeah, it's like twenty million yep. euros. You, I, I seen Dortmund spend it on. Spend twenty million euros on worse things on Schultz. <laughs> yeah, for example, who's now possibly facing prison time for beating yeah. up his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so, like, honestly, um, do it. Like that is that is the right answer. If you are looking for a go- good central midfielder who can get your team, who can fill the, the Bellingham void, who can give you leadership, who can carry you to a Bundesliga title. Gotta bring back Ilkay Gundogan. Yeah. I'm really not someone who relies or likes this kind of nostalgic everyone coming back all the time because we had a hell of a lot of players in the last few years that have mm. been like that. But this is definitely the exception. And this and one you gotta do. Absolutely. If if He's, there is if there's yeah. a player that it could even remotely do what Jude did in terms of being a leader in the team, being a winner, of course having the quality on the ball too, similar play styles. I mean, it it, it is Gundogan. It just makes sense, and the fact that, just like other positions, the fact that we are not pouncing on this opportunity is is a little concerning. I mean, they might. They might be pouncing on that opportunity. It might just be difficult. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 
for all we know, Ilkay, he's, he didn't even travel to the national team. So for all we know, he's sitting somewhere in the Maldives on a beach, um, you know, chilling and yeah. not even having made a decision yet where he's going next. So. Yes, yeah, I've seen different things pop up here and there. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see where he does end up. I mean, and he's he's become such a fantastic player these past few I mean, he was yeah. always a great player, but just in these past few years specifically, he's been just utterly phenomenal. And again, it, he he's someone that can definitely pull you across the line. We we have a few players in the squad letter like that, but Gundawan would definitely be another player like that. Yeah. No, you got to do it. Now um, my hopes are up. God, this better happen. It <laughs> probably won't, Jake. I'm just saying Man- Manu and I have been on the same page. It's I don't know why yeah. everyone hasn't been saying this is clearly the answer. Well, Stefan Schaub was Kai Havertz, but Kai Havertz is making the mistake of his life to join Arsenal and be second for the rest of his career. Um, yeah. Goal.com is reporting that Dortmund are interested in Yunus Musa. Although, I saw eh. those pop up a few months ago too, which... I mean, nah. I like the idea, of course, with bias, that's but is is it so a player that's a, yeah? Is it a player that's going to be that guy? No, no. I would like Musa on top of Gundogan. I'd love that. <laughs> then there's uh, Felix Nemka, of course, um, difficult because of his uh, questionable beliefs, his views. I, I don't his views, <laughs> his views. Let's call him that. Yeah. Um, don't want to uh, offend anyone who's religious, but. Maybe you need to check which century you're living in. Um, well, re- reposting Matt Walsh is not a religion. We have to keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, tremendous talent on the field. Um, not so smart off the field. But he's linked. He's linked heavily to Dortmund. Um, you know, maybe Watzke can set him straight. Yeah. Who knows? And I, I'm glad that this is again a supporters base that's more than happy making themselves feel heard and and you know using the power of unity and in, in the uh, mm-hmm. in the unity and in, in the you know the, these uh, ultras and everything. So good on everyone for you know holding the club accountable and and making yeah. this space for everyone. Yeah. Well, that was uh, it for the survey. Thank you to everyone for participating in that. We had a lot of responses. It was fun uh, just kind of checking up every few days and seeing how things were ticking on. Did we want to just talk? Is there any other? I kind of touched on transfers already. Is there anything else we wanted to get out real quick before we left? Or well, Carver, were there any other names that you wanted to ask about? We mm. or I told you about uh, the few that I was interested in. Honestly, mm. Though, if my ideal, I guess, window would have been getting Gundawan, it would have been getting a center back. Whether it's one of the ones that I mentioned already, You're talking then, about it like it's the past tense. It's not even open yet. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just saying, like, my ideal, I mean, would have been if, if you know, if I, if I was in charge. <laughs> Vice President. Are you right? patient? It's like, it's like saying, like, oh, it's December 1st, and I really want it for Christmas. I wanted yeah. this present and that present. It's like, buddy, like, it, it's, we have another two weeks until it actually officially opens. <laughs> Vice President mentality. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask if there's no one to shoot out like current player. I'll say maybe you mentioned this in the first 10 minutes when I had to duck out. So I apologize, everyone, if I'm catching up on a conversation. Um, we were going to record this episode a couple days earlier. Got pushed back, thankfully, because now we are seeing the news about Geo. And I don't know. I mean, I know you were tweeting out about it. We were tweeting back and forth about it. Is there anything more you can say? Like, does it? And I guess if there's nothing like concrete, 
what is Gio's role next season? It obviously like if Royce is going to assume he's playing maybe slightly like more limited minutes, like does that mm-hmm. give Gio a chance? Is Gio going to be out of the wings? Is he that uh, attacking mid option or like what? I guess what does his role possibly look like staying at Dortmund? Oh, I mean, I thought the the build post. I guess it's a little thin for an article report report let's call it a report yeah it was very thin it included maybes buts ifs perhaps they could think about it (laughs) um there's that beautiful Müller Müller meme where he says vorsicht jetzt wird spekuliert careful now we're going to speculate (laughs) yeah that's what this article is (laughs) It, it also I mean, given the, the timing too, it doesn't surprise me because he's about to play in, in well, like with the USMNT. So they're like, let's stir this pot even more. Like yeah. it, it could very it's much a, it's be a, that. It's an undercover Mexico rider working for Springer Falak, you saying? <laughs> oh, they're like, he, he's going to be in the spotlight a little more with the USMNT. So it's like, why not get some clicks? Let's make it exciting for us. That's funny. Let's sell some ads. Yeah. Manu and I uh, definitely already shut that shit down with Reina. There was there was there've been much more legitimate reports in literally just the last few days saying that that was not really a topic this summer for the club unless something has dramatically changed which yeah like you said very thin very vague probably not going to happen. Um as for his role going forward uh, mm. there were also the same reports weeks ago saying that he would likely be the successor as that number 10 um uh, which which I mean I think he he has the ability to do is just if he really, really wants to do it. Yeah, he, he really needs to want to do it. He needs to shut down all that outside noise, um, get the family out of there and <laughs> focus on football. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope Claudio and Claudio is not getting an apartment anytime soon in Dortmund because that would be bad news. Um, yeah. I, I just think... His problem is, in many ways, that he's so impactful of the bench. That That is something that a coach wants to use as a tool. Um, and, of course, that's a role that he isn't satisfied. A lot of U.S. men's national team fans aren't satisfied with. Um, I, I see the social media posts. Um, I've limited myself on Twitter as much as I can because I think it's a poisonous um, app. But... I see the posts. Uh, I mean? see the I see the takes. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, his goal and assist contribution is X Y Z. Um, but those are numbers based on him coming off of the bench, right? And we don't know if they would actually translate if he doesn't come off the bench. And for him to ch- for his role to change, he has to show that in practice and in games that he can actually play that full time. There's a wide opening gap now with Bellingham gone and Marco Reus uh, role diminishing. He needs to grab that. That's what I'm saying. There's definitely been windows of him showing that same sort of quality when he starts uh, just a few yeah. years ago. I mean, remember, it, and it slipped my mind even that we had him playing in the senior squad when he was just turning 17, if not 16. Yeah. So there's definitely been moments already of him showing that quality. I just think in a, in a lot of young players' careers um, who I guess are a little bit unsure of themselves, they go through this period when they're a few years into their career but still very, very young of just what kind of player and person do I want to grow to be. And I think he's kind of mm-hmm. into that 
having those growing pains at the moment, which, you know, if he can get past them, he's going to be a phenomenal player. He, he sh- he's had so many moments already off the top of my head uh, from just him being a very young teenager of showing brilliance. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited for him. If he if he's in the right headspace, I'm very excited for him. Yeah. I mean, maybe just to add to this report, Dortmund are going to be in uh, the United States. Yep. Um, you know, San Diego, Vegas, and Chicago. Chicago, where they're playing games. Uh, I doubt that Gio Reyna is going anywhere before those dates. Um, and I'm pretty sure they want to add Edson Alvarez for those dates as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to fill those stadiums. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> especially the one, especially the one in Vegas. I mean, that's a big stadium <laughs> to fill. Yes, Lots of bombs in the seat. So you were and there I think just they're recently, playing, right? They're playing Chicago Fire in Chicago, right? They're playing, playing Chelsea. 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 Okay. Oh, that's easy to fill. Uh, but they're playing San Diego Loyal in San Diego. Um, which is, of course, awkward because San Diego Loyal playing in a new MLS stadium <laughs> that is possibly evicting San Diego Loyal from their very own city. Um, different story, different podcast, I guess. But, um, you know, you got to fill those stadiums. And um, Edson Alvarez and I think Giorena in a combination will easily do that. So I can't, I can't see them do that before a U.S. trip. Yeah. Um, I, I did want, if you still have a little bit of time, I wanted to ask about Sebastian Kale and this new mm. almost like his new strategy if you will or, or like the, the difference we've seen from him obviously he had last summer in the winter is like just two two transfer windows but it, it seems like there's been this shift in like what kind of players we want to bring in um and I guess your perspective on on him coming in and like changing things up like has there been is that like really the case? Like, is this like a complete shift in the the club's like decisions and how they want to operate moving forward? Obviously, like we're we're still going to see those young players coming in, but is mm. it going to be more like proven, ready players coming in the door? Is that something we, we can expect? I mean, it's still, is, was that like a, a full on discussion that was had? I mean, they they did bring in um, Julian Drumville, right? Durmville from Anderlecht. Yeah, I think. Yep. Um. And so, you know, there is still these young players that they are bringing in. But I think if someone like Gundogan comes in and there was this crazy rumor that um, Leon Goretzka is on their list as well, um, you got to make the shift at some point to bring in more proven players if you want to win this title. And I think Sebastian Kiel is um, on a little bit of a different mindset there than that Zorg was. Yeah. Um, obviously, too, the financial situation has improved as well at Dortmund, right? Um, they're a little bit more stable footing. So I think this is a big window for him where he has to define his role and we're probably going to be able to learn quite a bit from this window in terms of where, where this club is going to go. So it, it's going to be really interesting. I, I guess to answer you, your question, um, I really want to see what he does this summer before I can, can actually answer this question fully. Because I think it is it is kind of in, in terms of strategy and the club development, and I think it's going to be very telling um, what Dortmund um, what Dortmund is going to be looking like in the long term. 
it all continues to allude to this summer just being so so critical to yeah. the future Huge. of the, the very near future of this club um and I, I we both touched on the signings being slightly different with the mentality shift there and um you know getting more of these proven players but it's also just in the contracts that we are offering these players they're a lot more performance based from kale uh, which mm-hmm. i think can be good as well i mean given you know you don't want to keep running into these you know these these players uh like in recent years of of Mounier, of Schultz, uh, I mean, Modest too, of just these outrageous salaries and, and not giving anything, contributing much mm. of anything to the team. So I think Kale has, has done a good job in that sense too of um, shifting the culture a little bit in terms of uh, the financial situation for individual players. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a, a little bit of a paradigm shift definitely going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about it last year because I think at this time last year, we knew Sule and Schlotterbeck were, were both coming in. So this was the big discussion. Yeah. It's like, man, Kale's coming in and he's cooking quick. And because of that shift, I think we talked about it almost being like a rebuilding season with not that many expectations because it's like, mm-hmm. these are just the first two. And if we're going to keep building this way, then great. But because of that, we also had didn't have that high of expectations for the season and look how it went like then we we should have won the title um and so yeah it is going to be an exciting summer and if they can, can he can continue on that trajectory then as you mentioned before with Bayern how they are like this this is the prime opportunity and uh say, saying that like I don't have minimal expectations for this next season like I'm fully hoping that they they deliver yeah fingers crossed are they are they fingers crossed? I mean, I appreciate you being by bi- dormant bias Munich on our jersey. episode. All right, Manu. <laughs> it's right behind you. We'll we'll see. We'll see. But hey, uh, I mean, Carver, unless you have anything else. No, mm-hmm. I, I was just gonna say thank you so much for Manu for coming on. Uh it's crazy that we've never had you on the show before from the get-go. <laughs> we've been uh, your name's been floating around. So thank you for making the time to chat with us. Obviously, it was also great meeting you in person, too. Manu's been to uh, St. Louis games. It was cool to see him here. Mm. I love seeing you rep the scarf. And, and not only just now, yes, but there. also in the, yeah, in, in the shows <laughs> that uh, we watch you at regularly. Of course, we'll link everything in the description for Manu's mm. work. He's a fantastic journalist and a great person as well. Jake, do you have any other closing uh, thoughts? I mean, I was just going to let him, if there's anything you want to shout out, promote. I know more people know you than us. Very true. (laughs) But if if, if, anything you got coming up, I know you said new gig and pressing podcast, probably out by the time this is out. So obviously we're taking um, a break, (laughs) which means we're doing two shows rather than four uh, (laughs) uh, a week. And yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're in, into the Bundesliga, the we have a Substack. Um, we usually do two shows that are not behind a paywall a week, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is a preview show and um, a summary show that also includes newsy bits. Um, those two shows are on hiatus until the Bundesliga comes back. Uh, although for big transfers, we usually we usually stick them out on free as well. Um, if you want to sign up for the Gegenpressing Pressing Substack, um, it's on Substack and um, it's called Gegenpressing. And, you know, we do, Stefan and I each write an article, a full feature every week um, with some exclusive stuff. We had interviews on there with players. Joe Scali, for example, right, um, was on there before. And um, we've had sporting directors come on the show and 
Um, one of them got fired three days later, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Freddy Bovic. Um, yeah, so like check that out if you're a Bundesliga fan. Um, it, it's lots of great content, and um, we have a transfer show every week. Um, and then, of course, we have a bonus show where we discuss, discuss all sorts of stuff, and we recorded the, the team of the week, uh, team of the season, I keep saying week, team of the season um, this week. So that's already out there, too. So check that out. And then, of course, um, all, a lot of my work can be found on Transfermarkt. Um, we had the Serie A market value update. So I did a big feature on Flower, which, uh, which is up on the site as well. And then, of course, there's also MLS content on there. I know a lot of the listeners are probably St. Louis fans. Um, I hope so, at least. Um, so there's, I mean, there's content on there as yeah, well. We got we got people everywhere. Definitely, we got people everywhere. Okay, if, you, if you're an MLS fan, there's all this MLS coverage as well oh. as big league coverage on transfermarkt.us. Oh. I'm gonna throw some shade. We probably could use some more St. Louis listeners, honestly. Oh, <laughs> home, home base isn't repping that well. Oh, is it not? I think they're all Bayern fans. I, I see. I've been Maybe. to St. Louis. I know what's up in those bars and restaurants. I've seen the Bayern scarves and jerseys. <laughs> No, we, we got a that? really good we got a really good Dortmund supporters group here, but also like just a bunch of Bayern listeners. Like I know we Bayern, shout out to Byron Tim who came to the Leverkusen yes. live show we did. Like I know he listens to this too. Like man, bless him for being a Bayern fan and listening, just because he he loves like intaking Bundesliga yeah. content, which kind of why we started this podcast because um, it it yeah. can be hard to find that, and that's why I appreciate what you guys do in, in gig and Preston specifically and yeah, i mean honestly missouri is one of our best represented states um on the so on weird right missouri calif and california interesting there's no connection whatsoever no <laughs> <laughs> i know a lot of people went through that gate to get to california maybe that's what it is <laughs> yeah. so strange given i mean i love st louis but the rest of the state Pretty horrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, Kansas City. I'm only happy joking for you. <laughs> no, but we I mean we really appreciate you coming on again. Uh, yeah, it's been great to have you on this show officially because we did release that Leverkusen mm. St. Louis City special, um, which was awesome to meet you there. But yeah, really pre- I'm glad we finally got you on. Hopefully, we can have you on in the future too. Absolutely. And yeah, looking forward to some some Gundogan coming in soon, coming in hot. I, I promise you when that gets announced or if it gets announced, there will be a not behind the paywall gig pressing podcast. <laughs> we will share it. Yeah. We'll pay for it anyway. Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, thanks we for having it. me guys. I appreciate it. It was a lot yep. of fun. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Awesome. Awesome.